take your Bible, let's stand in honor of God's word and turn to John 3. John chapter number 3. I'd like to begin our reading actually in John chapter 2 to try to catch a little bit of the context of these verses. John chapter 2 and verse number 23 is where we're going to begin our reading. Sure appreciate the testimony, Brother Gray, that we heard a moment ago and didn't know that, how God had reached in his family. And that's a wonderful, wonderful testimony. So now John chapter number 2 And uh, we'll catch uh, verse number 23. And we're going to keep reading right in to John chapter number 3. So John 2 verse 23 says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man. Here's why. For he knew what was in man, which by the way, he knows what's in us today. He knew what was in man. Now there was a man. Do you see the connection between the two chapters? He knows what's in all men. And there was a man named Nicodemus. All right. So we're going to see something here about this man named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Pharisees. Verse one again, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, or which means teacher, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, or truly, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, verse 4, saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? That's a valid question. How can a man be born when he is old? This is an impossible situation, humanly speaking. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, Verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, look what he says for a third time. You think it's important? Oh yeah. You must be born again. You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou knowest the sound, thou hearest rather the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. We know something about that here in Oklahoma, don't we? We know something about the wind. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, please don't pay attention to verse 11 and 12. Uh, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Look at verse 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. What he's saying right there is basically this. um, You can only talk about what you know 
in terms of being an authority on it. And so Jesus is able to speak to us about eternity because he's an authority on it. He can speak to us about what it means to go to heaven because he came from there. That's basically what he's saying. All right, verse 14 now. And as Moses, he, he uses an Old Testament illustration with Nicodemus, who would have been very familiar with this out of Numbers chapter 21. Verse 14 again. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him, that would be in Jesus, should not perish, but watch this, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. Amen. I feel like preaching that passage. How about you? You feel like listening to that passage? Yeah, someone might feel like preaching that passage. This morning with God's help, and I mean that sincerely, it can only happen with God's help. I'd like to take the next 30, 40 minutes or so and preach to you about the depth of God's love. The depth of God's love. May he bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. We'll get right into the message here this morning. Maybe as you've noticed, our theme this year has been love God's way. Love God's way. And as a church has challenged us just to try to love people God's way, to try to love one another God's way. Emphasis, of course, on God's way. As I thought about Friend Day, and it's nigh into a holiday here at Southwest Baptist Church. It's kind of how I feel about it. Kind of starts the holiday season, Friend Day, and then Thanksgiving, then Christmas. Uh, but as I thought about our theme and I thought about Friend Day, I could think of no text better than John chapter 3 to talk to us here today about God's love and the depth of his love. You know, that word depth means the extent or the bottom. You think about the depth of the ocean or the, uh, it can also mean intensity, the intensity of God's love, the deepness of God's love, the expanse, the expanse of God's love, the measure of God's love. John's gospel, by the way, was written to demonstrate that Jesus was indeed the Christ. Sometimes we refer to him as Jesus Christ. What that means is he's the Messiah, the promised one that came to take away the sins of the whole world. When John the Baptist was on the scene, he preached and Jesus showed up that day as he had his preaching service. And, and John the Baptist pointed to him and said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the whole world. He, he's pointing to him as the one that has been promised from the very beginning of time, the Messiah. Now you've heard that term or Christ. And so it's saying simply this, that, that he is the one that can save you. John says, there are many other things which, which Jesus did. And he says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Listen to this. And that believing, that believing, you might have life through his name. Through believing. Simple faith. Believing. Now, perhaps John chapter 3 and verse number 16 is the most well-known verse maybe in the whole Bible. Probably somebody today at a football game is holding up a placard or holding up a sign, right? 
John 3, 16. Now, they should have been in church. But anyways, here, here they are holding up a sign that says John 3, 16, right? And what that is is what we just read. God so, you hear it, the depth of his love. God so loved the world. I like what someone said about this verse in particular. It says, said, uh, many have their favorite text, but this verse is everyone's text. It's everybody's verse because God so loved the world. Listen to this. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree, the world, the greatest number, that he gave the greatest act, his only begotten son, the greatest gift, that whosoever, the greatest invitation, believeth the greatest simplicity in him. How are we doing? The greatest person should not perish the greatest deliverance, but just that one word, but the greatest difference have the greatest certainty, everlasting life, the greatest possession. Man, it's good stuff. He loved the world. William Barclay said this, uh, he said, um, it was the world that God so loved. It was not just a nation. It was not just good people. It was not only the people who loved him. It was the world. The unlovable, the unlovely, the lonely who have no one else to love them. Friend, listen, God loves them. The man who loves God and the man who never thinks about God. God loves both. The man who rests in the love of God and the man who spurns it or who rejects it, who, who is resistant towards it. God loves them all. And so I say to you on the authority and the firm conviction of the word of God today that, friend, listen, God loves you. Amen. All are included. So here's a man named Nicodemus that came to Jesus. And the Bible tells us that he came by night. Now, you need to know just a little bit about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Pharisees, which was the highest religious sect or group of that day in Jerusalem. And so they would have been at the pinnacle of, of Jerusalem and what was going on. And, and so he came to Jesus, which is very untypical. Typical, typically, they'd come to Jesus to try to trip him up in his words. Nicodemus, though, came by night. He came alone. Now, did he come in fear? I don't know. Maybe he was concerned about what uh, his other colleagues would think. But I tend to think that Nicodemus came at night just to have a little bit of time alone with Jesus, one-on-one, -on -one, so, that the, 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 so that the conversation would go in the direction that he'd hoped that it would go. Because probably you have experienced this, that once you get in a group, a conversation can go all kinds of ways. So I think he kind of wanted to come alone. Here's why. He had some questions. He had some questions. He had some nagging questions that he just couldn't seem to answer. And listen, that might be, that may be why you're here today because you've got some questions that, that are just on your mind. They're on your heart and, and you just, you want to hear a little bit more about it. Maybe, maybe it's somebody that was in your, at your workplace that's invited you and you came and you've had some, some conversations in the break room or you've had some conversations out there, you know, working on the floor while you've been working. Now, I, I remember working at O'Reilly's and trying to witness to my friends, tell them about Jesus and invite them to church and, and the boss saying, hey, listen, you need, you need to tone it down. You need to stop talking so much during work time. You need work. <laughs> yes, sir. But it was, it was a wonderful opportunity because so many people have questions. Maybe that's why you're here today. You've got questions. You want to know. You want to look into some things. And, and so Nicodemus said to Jesus, Jesus, we know that you're a man that's come from God because nobody could do these miracles, these amazing things. Nobody could do these things except God was with him. 
Now, Jesus could have talked to Nicodemus about many things. Jesus could have talked to Nicodemus about Jewish politics because there's a bunch of it. He could have talked about Jewish history. He could have talked about the end times as it pertains to the Jews. Jesus could have talked about the, the decline in morality of their day. He could have talked about inflation. We, we could talk about a lot of things here today. We could talk about politics. We could talk about declining morality. We could talk about inflation. But there was one thing that was on Jesus' mind. He got right to it. And if you'd allow me here today with the Lord's help, I'd like to just get right to it with you because while Nicodemus came and he had a lot of questions, Jesus cut right to it today. And, and even though G Nicodemus' attention was on Jesus, Jesus really did this. He turned the tables and he put the attention back on Nicodemus because watch this, you're not gonna really understand who Jesus is until you understand who you are and what your greatest need is. And Nicodemus, even though he was very religious, I mean, he never maybe missed a day in the synagogue unless, unless he was really, really sick. I mean, he was just there all the time. But listen, here's what we heard in Sunday school and what I'm telling you even again today, that listen, it's not religion that you need, but a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Nicodemus was, was not ready to go to heaven. He couldn't go to heaven. In fact, Jesus said it to him this way. He said, Nicodemus, he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The word see there means he's not going to experience it. He's not, we, we might say it this way. He's not going to go to heaven. We might say it this way based on the text in John 3. I mean, there's a lot of this is, that is parallel. In fact, in my Bible, verse number 3 is parallel, just the way it lines up with verse number 16. Same thing. They do not have everlasting life. John, I'm sorry, Jesus said to this man named Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you don't need more law. You don't need to try harder. You, you don't need to memorize more. You don't need to try to be a better person. Nicodemus, anything you do will be insufficient. You need to be bored again. I mean, how bad is it? If you got to be born again, uh, wait a minute, maybe that slid right by you. How bad is it if you, what you really need is to be born all over again? Must be pretty bad, whatever your first birth was. Now, I, I want to thank God today for my first birth. I wouldn't be here without it. Come on. Is that right? I'm here walking around with uh, Brother George Vara, who might be here today, and he's a chaplain at the Oklahoma County Jail, and I was walking around with him, and I love how he does this. He'd ask, he'd ask people, he'd ask some of the inmates, he'd ask some of the officers that were there, he'd say, he'd say hey, do you have a birthday? Amen. Do you have a birthday? Well, they'd say, well, yeah, yeah of course I've got my bir uh, birthday. What's your birthday in? And they'd say their birthday, he'd say this, do you have another one? Do you have another one? I'm asking you today, do you have a birthday? Well, obviously you got a birthday. You, you're here in this earth. You, you have parents. Thank God for that. Thank God for your first birth. I, thank God for that. It's, it's wonderful. But I want to ask you this today, sir. I want to ask you this today, ma'am. Do you have another one? Do you have another one? You say, well, why, why is my first birth insufficient to get me to heaven? Because listen, all of us, including this preacher, listen, we were born sinners. Born in sin, uh, born in antagonism to God. The Bible says we were at enmity with God, which means that we were the enemies of God. So, I mean, the very sin nature itself. In fact, I thought about it this way. Somebody might say this. Hey, wait a minute. What's wrong with my first birth? Right there. That's it. Do you get, okay, three people got that. But 
What's wrong with my first birth? So, I mean, that's that pride that's there. That's that arrogancy that can be there in all of us. That self-sufficiency that's there. That selfishness that is there. And so, listen, I'm just simply saying to you today in love, because God loves you even as a sinner, and he loves all of us as sinners, but the fact is we've all sinned come short of the glory of God. We've all broken God's commandments. It does not matter what fence post you use to trespass. If you trespass, you cross the line, then you've crossed the line. It doesn't matter what commandment that you've broken. If you've broken even one, even just one, which I dare say you probably broke more than one. I think we all have. Then what we're saying this morning is that we have sinned against the holy, righteous God. And thereby, dear friends, listen to me very carefully right here. Thereby, by the interest of sin, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, that by one man's sin, Adam, by one man's sin, entered into the world for that all have sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. By the fact that you were born first, you are disqualified to go to heaven. Denied entrance based on just one birth. He said, wait a minute, I, I was born in America. Wait a minute, my dad's a pastor. Wait a minute, my, my dad, my granddad was a Baptist pastor. Wait a minute, just, just, just think about this here just a minute. You know, here's, here's what we do. It's, it, we've we got to acknowledge this, that, that in many ways we do this in other realms, but we tend to resist it when it comes to heaven. Imagine that I go to Fort Sill. My son went to Oklahoma, uh, in the Oklahoma National Guard. We're there for his graduation. And, and I go to the gate where they got big guns. I go to the gate and they are asking for my clearance to be able to get in. Are you following me? I go to the gate and, and they ask for my clearance to get in. And I say this, <clears throat> um, my dad was a Marine during the time of World War II. He was, he was in China. I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> my brother was 101st airborne during Vietnam. <laughs> I stand there waiting for them to open the gate. Uh, they're not going to open the gate for me because my daddy was a Marine. And they're not going to open the gate because my brother was 101st Airborne in the Army, even. Even though, I mean, that's the Army. They're not going to let me in. Hey, watch, here's what we had to do. We had to go to this, unit, this, house, this, this building, and we had to personally get clearance. I couldn't even say, well, my son's in there. No, you had to individually get cleared. All of us did. I'm saying to you this morning, listen, because we love you, listen, and because, mainly because God loves you, and the fact is, is that if Jesus tarries his coming, every one of us are going to face the day of death, and you're going to spend all of eternity either in a place, a literal place called heaven, or in a literal place called hell. And the only way you're going to get into heaven is not based on who your father was or who your brother was. You've got to be cleared yourself. And there's only one way to get cleared. I'm getting to that. Hang on just a minute. Okay. There's only one way to be cleared. I mean, the same thing works at, at a game. You go to the Thunder game and, and you say, well, I, I, I want to come into the game. And they say, well, where's your ticket? Well, I don't have a ticket, but I'll have you know, I've been a Thunder fan ever since I was born. <laughs> I've been a Thunder fan ever, ever since they moved here from, from Seattle. I've been a Thunder fan. I still call KD a cupcake. I mean, I, I, come on, I'm a Thunder fan. Okay, maybe that wasn't very kind, but yeah, I'm just trying to prove a point. Somebody says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Thunder fan. Well, they're not going to let you in unless you have clearance. Is this making sense? 
We, you go to the airport and you want to fly, you know, to, to whatever destination. You say, hey, listen, I'm friendly. I can fly to friendly skies. But it, they're not going to let you in unless you have clearance, unless you have a ticket. You, you can't say, well, I'll be kind to other passengers. I'll even be kind to the stewardesses. No, they're only going to let you in on the basis of which they establish. Why should we think God would be any different, friend? You listen, in our first birth, we are not equipped. We're not even qualified. We, we, we were not equipped to go into heaven because, watch this, he is holy. We are unholy. We are sinful. He is eternal. We are temporary. And that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, ye must be born again, which literally means this. As I looked it up, it literally means this. Born from above. It's a spiritual work that you and I cannot make happen. We can only receive. And that's why he says, he that is born of water and he that is born of the spirit. It's a spiritual work. He, the, the wind illustration about how we can't see how the wind blows. We don't know where it's coming from. We sure don't know exactly where it's going to go. So is he that is born of the spirit. Listen, there are some of you that are here today. And I want to say to you, you are not here by accident. The Spirit of God has been working in your friend's life to encourage him or her to invite you to come. And you are not here by accident. The Spirit of God has been working, drawing, showing you that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. And there's no hope for you to be saved apart from Jesus Christ. You need to be born again. If you only have one birth, you'll never make it to heaven. Have you been born again? Say, I, I can't wrap my brain around that. I can't understand all of that. I'm not proposing here this morning to understand it all, but my job as a preacher is just to tell you what God said. Have a friend, he's probably in here today, Brother Tim Ungry. Uh, he was our adopted son. We have the Heartland Baptist Bible College uh, that's here in Oklahoma City, and Tim Ungry is from Alaska. He's, he's uh, from Wainwright, Alaska, way far north. Uh, Brother Tim has. Um, has been very gracious to our family when he's come down back, you know, from family visits. He's brought salmon. I mean, like in a dry ice. Anyways, it was good. I don't know how he got it here. (laughs) Salmon and halibut and Dolly Varden and other stuff like that. Man, it was awesome. Biggest fish I've ever filleted was a halibut. It was awesome. Anyways, I'm totally distracted right now, but he came from Alaska. All right. Now, let's say I want to go to Alaska, which someday I hope maybe too. I want to go to Alaska. You know, the best thing I could do, Brother Ted, that'd be this. I need to get with somebody like Tim who's from there to know how to go there. The flight and how to dress. I looked it up this morning. It was, uh, what was it, 30-something degrees outside early this morning. Felt like 24. Wainwright, Alaska, I looked it up. 24 degrees felt like 10. I'm glad to be in Oklahoma. How about you? I say, say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Alaska. So what I need to do then is I, I can't, I can't prepare for going there based on how things are here. It's just making sense. I've got to listen to somebody that's from there that says, hey, listen, you need to wear a heavy coat. Oh, I think this one will be fine. I'm going to freeze. You're going to freeze. If you don't listen to them, they know what they're talking about. Come on, deeper in the winter it gets, the, the heavier the coat needs to be. 
I'm not going to make it in, my, in just a small little jacket. No, no, listen, friend, I need to listen to somebody that's from there. That's what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. Is he's saying, Nicodemus, I came from heaven to earth. I speak of that which I know of. And I'm saying to you today, listen, I don't, I've never been to heaven. You haven't been to heaven. But I can say this to you. And please don't think that this is proud. Please don't think this is arrogant. But here's what I can say to you, like many people in this room can say today. I know someday I'm going there. You say, well, who do you think you are? A sinner saved by grace. Through faith. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What's that all about? Well, back in the Old Testament times, they were complaining against God and, and complaining. You realize in the Bible, more people died for complaining than any other sin? That ought to be a lesson to us, right? Stop complaining. More people died because of complaining. And so anyways, they were complaining against God, wanting to go back to Egypt. And, and so God sent serpents among them. They were out there in the wilderness. And so God sent serpents among them. All this ties together with the, with the whole, whole of scripture. The serpent was obviously back in Genesis chapter number three is a symbol of, of the curse and of the fall. And, and, and so uh, he sent serpents among them, but, but here's what they did. They took a brazen serpent or brass serpent and they lifted it up on a pole and everybody that looked to that pole, they were healed. They lived. What did they have to do? All they had to do was look and believe. Jesus ties into that and he says, as the, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, even so must the son of man, who's the son of man? Jesus Christ himself, who watch this, became sin for us. Oh, I'm so glad to get to tell you today that he died for your sin. In your place, in your place. He died in your place, dear friend. He became sin for us who knew no sin. He never sinned once, and yet he was crucified on that old rugged cross. They put the spear in his side, and forth came blood and water, and, and he bled for you, and he died for you. Listen, that was, here's what was happening. He was lifted up. He was lifted up to show us the depths of God's love. The depths of God's love is displayed on the cross of Calvary where he died for every man that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son for you. That whosoever, that includes you. Whosoever includes you. That whosoever, watch this, believeth in him. That doesn't mean that you have an intellectual knowledge of him. Oh yeah, I believe Jesus is. No, here's what it means. You've got to personally trust him. You've got to get cleared to go in. Not based on your dad. Not based on your granddad. Not based on good works. Not based on baptism. Baptism doesn't save you. Church membership doesn't save you. Only Jesus and Jesus alone can save you. Whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, watch this, might be saved. <laughs> saved. Nicodemus, by the way, went on to trust Jesus as his savior. By all indications, the book of John would show he became a believer. He got born again. He had that first birth, but that wasn't enough. 
to get him to heaven. All of his good works weren't enough to get him to heaven. But Jesus and his work on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection was enough to pay the price for his sin. And it was enough to pay the price for you. You don't have to be able to wrap your brain around the whole thing of that. Many in here have been saved many years, still trying to understand it all. But here's what you do need to know and acknowledge with him, I am a sinner. Um, Please today, don't do this. Don't push this off. They said to Charles Spurgeon, who preached over 300 times, you must be born again in England. 300 times he preached that message. I said, why do you keep preaching that message? And one more time he said this, because you must be born again. Don't push this off. And say, well, I don't know if that's really important. Eternity is too long for you to push it off. Acknowledge you're a sinner. Understand that he paid the price for your sin. Trust him. Repentance toward God, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance. It means a change of mind. It means this, I thought I was okay, but I realized today I'm not. I need to trust him. I thought I was okay because I was a member of this Baptist church or I was a member here or there. But I repent and say, no, I realize today I need to be born from above. You only get to know the depths of his love if you've been born again from above. Have you trusted him as your savior? I'd like to ask if you would please to stand very reverently, very quietly. We're going to prepare for what is known as an invitation, just a time to invite you to come today. I'd like to ask this, if you would, just to allow a privacy in this moment. Tried to preach the gospel today to you, that all of sin comes short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. People are moving to get in place here. They have a Bible. And, it, and we have rooms off to the side where you can go and somebody can show you from God's Word how to trust Jesus as your Savior. It's as simple as John 3.16, though. Believe. Trust Him. The Bible says also in Romans 10 that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many today, with every head bowed and eye closed, just give privacy to the moment if you allow. Nobody's going to come to you or embarrass you in any way, but just, just allow this opportunity. When I was eight years old, the teacher asked, how many of you know today that you're saved? And I couldn't raise my hand right then. And then she asked, how many of you today don't know for sure you're saved? Would you raise your hand? Today I'm asking you that same question. How many of you today could raise your hand and say, yes, I've been born again. I've been born from above. I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. I've believed. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Praise the Lord. Thank God for that. It's wonderful to give testimony to that even just by lifting the hand. How many today would raise your hand though and you'd say, I couldn't raise my hand right then. I don't know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven. Based on what you said, preacher, today, I'm not. If that's you today, would you raise your hand? I'm looking around the auditorium here and just keep it up while I look. If you've never been saved, you've never been born again, would you just raise your hand just high enough so I can see? Again, nobody's going to come to you. 
embarrass you anyway, would you just raise your hand here just a moment if you don't know for sure? If you've never been born again, anybody like that, thank you. I see your hand. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. I appreciate that. Let me, let me look around here just a little bit more. Up in the balcony. Anybody just raise your hand. I'm not going to point you out or have somebody come to you, but you'd say, I don't know for sure. Yes, sir. I, I see your hand. God bless you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? How about here on the ground floor? Somebody else? Just raise your hand. Yes, preacher, pray for me. I don't know for sure. Would you raise your hand? Anybody else? While I'm waiting just a minute here. Anybody else? I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Those of you that raise your hand, would you look this direction here just a minute? And we're going to, I'm going to pray. And then if you could make your way to the closest stairs, let somebody take a Bible and show you how to trust Christ and get that matter settled today. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And today could be the day of your new birth. A brand new life. A gift from God. Would you come and receive it? Father, help those that raise their hand to make their way even while I'm praying. The Spirit is working. Using the Spirit's Word. The Bible. To show where we've sinned and come short of your glory. And I pray, dear God, today that you'd help each and every one to really take and to assess if they have indeed been saved, have believed like the Bible declared here, been born again, all these synonymous terms. Dear God, help them, each and every one, to know for sure based on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As we begin to sing, Brother Aaron's going to lead us here today. Page 275, if you need the words, just as I am. If God spoke to your heart, Make your way, step out the aisle, come down the aisle closest to you. Somebody will be here, a lady or a man will be here to receive you. Please come as we begin to sing.